This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. Joined, as always, by Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. Of course, catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Jay Hood, who we know is not going to be telling any lies during this hour of GKW. And speaking of telling lies, let's go ahead and just start there. Because, oh man, has... Things just kind of spiraled. I don't know if it's out of control yet, but CM Punk last night coming out, kicking off AEW, he calls out Hangman Adam Page, which seemed very, very strange. And just about everybody in wrestling media is now saying that wasn't supposed to happen. Punk may have gone into business for himself because he was unhappy with some things that happened uh, apparently with Hangman during that feud. And... Then he goes and goes after Moxley, goes after Eddie Kingston. He, he, he certainly seemed very unhappy to the point where we are now getting an AEW World Championship unification match next week in Cleveland instead of A City, Chicago, all out in the pay per view. I, I, I'm just trying to make this make sense in my head. How do how did we get here? We went from celebrating, hey, CM Punk's back. This is going to be awesome. To are there problems with CM Punk here? Okay, so there's a lot to talk about here with CM Punk because I don't know if this is CM Punk turning heel, guys. I don't know uh, if he's just adding a little edge to him because of John Moxley. For a shoot, we've uh, talked about this on the show, John Moxley does not like the idea of him being called the interim champion because he's been carrying the company, you know, However you consider him carrying the company, he's been the champion while CM Punk's been out with that broken foot. So Moxley did not like that. CM Punk goes out on uh, for his promo and goes after Hangman Page. Now, why is he going after Hangman Page? Because Hangman gets kind of a kind of a maybe scripted shoot or maybe a wink and a nod to CM Punk about how CM Punk really is not about the guys in the back. He's really about himself. Where we heard that before WWE. And so CM Punk just takes it upon himself to just, first of all, go after Hangman, which was not in the script, where he just did it on his own, according to multiple sources. And then this whole thing with John Moxley, bro, it's, it's like CM Punk knows he's got the mic and knows that he had the time to be able to speak. We know he's powerful on the mic, but I thought that undercutting Hangman Page, when you knew Page couldn't come out and do anything about it, to call him a coward, knowing that he's not scheduled to come out there, I think that that was wrong. But it certainly lights a fire on all of this and a big controversy on what does this all mean? Yeah, that's the thing. Like you mentioned the heel turn. When I was watching that promo last night, that was my first thought. Like I almost patted myself on the back thinking, ah, oh, they are going the punk heel route. I was like, this is fun. There's some edge to it. And then you start hearing that stuff. And the, the hangman part was weird in the moment, but you don't think anything of it right then. It's like, okay, well, he's just going after everyone. Like this is part of the heel turn. But then when you hear that it wasn't supposed to happen, like, that's not fair to Hangman. We've talked a lot on this show about his title run and, you know, whether it was good or not. But to cut his legs out like that, where you know he cannot respond. It's a no-win situation for Hangman. Like, what is he going to do, run out there and all of a sudden, like, cause a scene? That was a little low. But, like, I just hate seeing stuff like this because it's not good for AEW, especially now when the other guys are starting to build that momentum that we haven't seen since AEW came onto the scene. Yeah, and it kind of, it really, because uh, I'm with you, Brian. When I watched that promo, I'm like, that's kind of weird. What the hell was that all about? 
And then he starts cutting the promo in. Uh, and honestly, like the pop about Mox being the third best guy in his faction, like that was a pretty good pop. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good line. Like, oh, this is kind of a you know a thing, a theme for John in his career to be the third best guy in his own faction. Like, okay, that's a pretty good pop. Like, here we go for the promo. But now it makes me wonder. Okay, he went off script there. How like how much more did he go off script? How much of this was was unscheduled? And now why all of a sudden? Are we having what was supposed to be the main event that I was really looking forward to for All Out next week? And you're it, to me, it just throws All Out into shambles because you're trying to figure out what that main event is going to be. We're doing that next week. And it's, it's tough for me to kind of wrap my head around it. And if they're going to be slingshotting this thing to next week, just six days from now, it, it just kind of reeks to me of something isn't right. Like initially I thought, okay, with the two pull apart brawls that they brawls that they did last night. Okay. There, there's going to be some sort of schmoz thing where the match doesn't even start. You know, they announce it, Mox attacks, you know, punk on his way down to the ring and they're able to still push it off to all out. You know, they're just trying to further the storyline. But when the stuff about punk comes out today, it makes me wonder, okay, are they actually having the match? Or is it possible that CM Punk in the ultimate homage to Bret Hart, doesn't want to lose in his hometown, so he's going to do the job in Cleveland to Moxley next week. Well, I, I don't know what that means. All I know is that you've got a pay-per-view in Chicago that in which like it's sold out. I know that there's still maybe a few tickets left, but the point is, though, people have, are going to travel to Chicago for this big event. You know what I'm thinking? It could be a little of the old Bret Hart thing. It's like, I can't drop a, I can't lose in my own hometown. I, you know, I can't do that. But guys, why do I think MJF is involved in this? Two things. Yeah. One, what's, what is, MJF has been AWOL. We don't know where he is. People on the inside that talked to him weekly when he was on the tour uh, with AW have not talked to him. He's been doing some TV stuff apparently for um, for TNT or TBS for a little bit, but no one's been able to reach him. So that's one thing. Um, and, and so the other thing is, is that, you know, AEW, AEW does not usually do false finishes. You can count on one hand the disqualifications, right? Because that's kind of the WWE Vince thing to do, put the match in the ring, and there's some kind of schmoz, it's a double disqualification, you throw the match out. But AEW rarely gives you a DQ or some kind of false finish. They have license to do it if they want to next week, but I find it interesting that MJF has been missing. Not on social media, you don't know what's going on with him. Somehow I think he inserts himself into this mix and feels like he's been scorned. He's going to be the jackass that stops this match, I think, next week in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's my fantasy book, and we've talked about it leading into Forbidden Door. I thought that's how Forbidden Door would end. I thought it would be Punk and Tanahashi in the middle of the ring, MJF ruined it, and we don't get that classic finish. I think it's the same thing next week, where we're going to have a great match. It's going to be Mox and Punk. We don't get a finish because of MJF. Then you go into All Out. Both those guys are pissed off. They say, hey, I want to get my hands on MJF. All of a sudden, you have a triple threat. And I think in that situation, maybe MJF even leaves Chicago as a champion. Because think about that heat. Think about how upset that building will be at All Out if it ends with MJF standing in the center of the ring as the new world champ. Does that mean Mox has to bleed 
double the amount if it's a triple oh. threat. There's two other guys, so there's just the double amount of blood. I mean, Punk even took a shot at that. Threat. He said he didn't want to touch <laughs> it because he was getting blood on. Like, he got everything last night. I mean, here's what we know about AW. Like, there might be bullet points to try to promote the event, but the rest of it's yours. Say what yeah. you want to say, right? And it, I think even Moxley was taken aback by because Punk is so good on the mic. Uh-huh. Mox is good. But, oh, yeah. you know, what, you know trying, to do a Stone Cold, trying to do a Stone Cold Steve Austin routine. Um, but ultimately, um, I just think that, that MJF guys has something to do with this. But then again, you know, if you have this matchup in Cleveland, the Wolstein Center, it's like, okay, so are we going to get a finish from that? And what does that mean for All Out? I don't, I don't know what the direction is. But don't you find it interesting that Punk talked about Hangman Page, talked about Moxley, talked about Eddie Kingston saying that he is the third best Eddie and the second best Kingston that he's faced. <laughs> How does he fit into this? Are they getting, are they fast forwarding to, to New York for author Ash? Is that the main event punk and kicks? I don't know. I just find it interesting. He just listed those guys in that one promo. Yeah. I mean, he had the feud with Eddie, you know, and, and maybe that's unfinished business there. I'm, I'm not sure why he just randomly decided to take the shot at Eddie Kingston other than he's loosely, closely. I, I, again, I, I don't know where the lines are kind of blurred there. I know he's John Moxley's buddy. I don't know how much right. he's, he's going to be associated with John Moxley going forward. Um, but he just decided to take a, a shot at, at John Moxley's buddy uh during his promo which again like the the promo was great i I really enjoyed the pull apart brawl i I enjoyed moxley last night you know hitting tony niece and then trying to go hey we're gonna do this right now i mean i i I thought storyline wise okay you have me interested but again it's it's all the off beyond the ring behind the curtain stuff that has me even more intrigued of oh wow is this actually an issue and actually has me wondering now if cm punk could drop the belt. Like before I, I assume that, and, and I think everybody did that CM Punk, especially in Chicago at all out would defeat John Moxley and go on and tell the stories that they were originally planning on telling with CM Punk, AEW champion before he had to have the foot surgery. But now with all this going on behind the scenes, if Punk's not happy, I can't imagine that the locker room's happy with him after the stunt he pulled going after presumably a fairly popular hangman page. And and hanging him out to dry, I, I, there's a lot of animosity here that leads to intrigue about what's going to happen next Wednesday. And by the way, they're not even naming this thing. That's not a quake by the right, lake. Yeah. It's not mistake <laughs> by the lake. It's not anything. It's just a regular old dynamite. Well, I mean, could it just be that they're confident? Like, Jay Hood, you mentioned there's no tickets. There's, you know, few tickets left for all out. There are going to be those buys. Could it be as simple as, hey, we need a TV number. Let's put this there. People are still going to watch All Out. We don't need a two-month build. As much as wrestling fans, we love that stuff. And they just say, hey, let's do it this way, and then we'll find out another main event for All Out. I guess better in Cleveland than West Virginia to have that match. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I, um, I just find this whole fascinating. But I, all three of us before the show read from Fightful Select and Sean Ross Sapp, does a great job of letting us know what's going on backstage. You know, Meltzer does a great job of wrestling observers. So the wrestling journalists know what's going on backstage a lot. You can make a call or two, find out information. But I thought it was interesting, based on what uh, uh, Sap wrote at Fightful Select, talking about how CM Punk has a problem with stuff that's going on in the back in AEW. Hey, all three of us have complained about AEW booking, where it's more than just matches. You have to have story at some point. 
We talk about now already with Wardlow, right? I don't know if Punk is saying this, but Wardlow is involving himself in the trios title. Like I thought the TNT title was supposed to be the Intercontinental Championship for uh, for AW because they were because the first thing Tony Khan talked about guys was oh you know some you know secondary titles are not utilized well. Well, this TNT title is going to be on there every week. Wardlow, as you think he's been booked well? I don't know. Maybe that's one of his complaints. But it's funny that CM Punk is saying stuff about things that he does not like in the company already. He did that in WWE, and he's doing it now, apparently. Yeah, and yeah, I feel that was something that he he just lost momentum going into Forbidden Door, and they haven't been able to recapture it. And same thing with FTR. Like to, honestly, well, yeah, that feels okay. like a, a waste. Situation. Like it feels like a waste for both of those. Like. Those are three of the hottest guys in the company in Wardlow and FTR. And it feels wasteful to throw them in a trios match. It's like, oh, I guess we don't have anything else. We're going to put them in here. And to your point that you made earlier, Brian, yes, I think, you know, AEW fans, especially with being, you know, a 10,000 seat arena or just over 10,000 in Chicago at uh, the now arena, you know, they've already sold out all the tickets. They're going to be fine. People are going to buy the pay-per-view, but at the same time, this is, and I said this a while ago, and I, I felt like it was something that maybe I was being biased about living in Milwaukee, having Chicago close and being at all in and then being at, you know, at the all outs. And every time they've gone live there over Labor Day weekend, it's been a spectacular show. Well, they've been putting up the banner in every arena they've been in all out September 4th, you know, Chicago, Illinois, much like WWE has their big WrestleMania sign leading to WrestleMania season. So this, to me, feels like their biggest event of the year, where they've got that pay-per-view banner hanging. We even saw last night Jungle Boy kind of look up to the sign and almost point to it, the way we see people (laughs) point at the WrestleMania sign. Like, this is their biggest show. And the fact that now we're sitting here going, oh, whoa, what's what's the main event going to be with just a couple of weeks to go? Like, I don't think that's that's a good thing. I, I just don't think it's a good thing if there's this much uncertainty heading into what the main event is going to be, the only way I'd be cool with this level of uncertainty is if they really wanted CM Punk to be in it. And they weren't sure if CM Punk would be medically cleared as he was still recovering from his foot injury. And Oh, by the way, was it just me or was he still kind of walking a little gingerly at times when he was walking around the ring with that foot? It certainly wasn't his pimp walk. So I don't I don't know I don't know why it, it didn't look a hundred percent. He was hopping around a little bit, but I guess by the time we get to the uh, event on Wednesday, we're gonna find out how healthy that foot really is. So where do we land? What do we think the the main event of All Out is going to be? Well, I mean, uh, New York Mike the Mike the Foul says uh, on YouTube. He says the the main event is still Punk versus Mox, no matter what. I don't disagree with that. I just think that MJF is going to find a way to poke his nose into the mix and ruin things. I, I believe that that very well could be the case because we haven't heard from him. I believe that's still going to be the case. But I but I cannot underline this question again. What is going on with CM Punk? Is he this disappointed or upset at what's going on uh, at AEW that he'd want to leave or drop the title? And, or I'm not sure what's going on there. See, but I like that as a story, though. We criticize AEW, row. It's about story, right? I like the controversy because I'm not sure where this is going. 
and that's good. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, there's still going to be that doubt. Like we read these reports, there's still doubt of like, all right, maybe this is all a work because it's pro wrestling where everything, there's a little bit of a work in it. So that's a great angle. Maybe this is the way you turn punk. Like if he becomes the anti AEW guy, not in a Chris Jericho sports entertainer way, but just like, Excuse you know me? what? This place sucks. Sports like, uh -oh. what? <laughs> sorry, sports game entertainment. My bad. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. So, like, that could sort of become his role, and that could be something. And I don't think it matters too much, but, like, <laughs> it also is a little weird that All Out, there's another pay-per-view that weekend. Like, maybe they're not the talk of the town if there's just some random main event that weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jayhood just really distracted me. He's, he's doing daddy magic and it's just killing me. Daddy magic, is, his, <laughs> daddy magic is doing his own promo while the promo's taking place. <laughs> we have seen these videos. We've retweeted them at GKW oh, underscore wrestling. Daddy magic is doing his own promo. I, I don't know who he's talking to, but it's like, you've already spoken and now uh, he's got these other guys next to him. He's still talking it over to his own camera. I don't know what he's doing. You think Ricky the Dragon popped about getting to work with Daddy Magic last night? Did he go home and tell the family? He's like, I got to work oh, with that guy. Like, oh, uh, yeah. he's, he's quickly I, – I know we didn't have a Daddy Magic segment planned for this show, but, like, I may have to start watching Dark Elevation if he's doing commentary now. Like, I am all in on Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, like, so much. I am all the way in on him, and I just – I honestly, I can't get enough. Like, I look forward to the back segment promo where he's threatening Tony Schiavone. Um, and then just doing weird things. I'm, I'm all the way in on him. Anyway, uh, the, the Hey, Excalibur, pretty good line. I like it. Pretty good line, Excalibur. What's with the Sports price of eggs? Does she have anything to do with that? What was, weirdo. Yeah, he's fantastic. I, I can't get enough. Uh, but just to kind of put a bow on it, like I cannot, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. If MJF gets involved with this, that it that just somehow makes it bigger. Like you you found a way to make to me what was going to be a pretty big match in the title unification for AEW with Punk and Moxley, two of their biggest stars. And then if you reinsert an MJF into that, it just makes the all event all out main event that much bigger. And I think it's going to make the tickets on the secondary market that much hotter. You're probably going to get more pay per view views uh, buys. Excuse me as well. But we move on. Off of CM Punk, we talk about everything else that's going on in the world of professional wrestling. The other top three stories, we like to call it the three counts. Brian, what do we have at number one? Well, Punk is what we're talking about there. Also, with a pretty big return to end Dynamite last night. And now, he has held, frankly, an unbelievable amount of single titles. He is a two-time never overweight six-man tag team champion and two-time KOD six-man tag team champion. He had the longest reign of 346 days as AEW world champion. He is a PWI top 500 number one ranked wrestler, wrestling observer wrestler of the year, and a sports illustrated wrestler of the year. While he sometimes uses the airport in North Carolina, his only go-to candy bar is always the Charleston Chew. He weighed in at 224 pounds to wrestle in his first match tonight in 277 days. He is Kenny Omega! Barney Rumpton with this huge crowd here in West Virginia for the returning Kenny Omega. Where is he? 
haven't seen Omegan like forever. Ah! There he is. We have not seen Kenny Omega since full gear 2021. The guy Big with Kenny return. Omega back. Yeah, what do you want to see out of the cleaner? Well, first of all, like... I, am I going to have to start introducing J-Hood like that before we do every show? <laughs> just like really put together J-Hood's entire impressive. resume? No, no. Just the From snarky liner. Chicago, liner's. Illinois. No, no. Just the snarky liner is fine. That's all I need. Snarky okay. liner. Okay. And then keep it all right. That's all. <laughs> I mean, what an introduction for Kenny Omega returning last night. I, I think I want to see... Omega and the Young Bucks not win the trios titles, much like when the Bucks didn't win the initial tag team tournament that AEW had. You know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them put somebody else over. A again, it seems like they're on a collision course for um, you know Will Ospreay and in the trios tournaments as Will Ospreay, his his guys uh, at the United Empire are going to be taking on Death Triangle next week in AEW as well on Dynamite, which somehow is going to be really overshadowed with this whole punk Moxley controversy and everything that's going on around there. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kenny looked, Kenny looked pretty good last night. Like I was, I wasn't expecting him to be that good after 264 days away, but I, I was impressed with what I saw out of Kenny last night. I mean, the body armor was different. That, that was a new aspect of Kenny Omega. That, that guy's not hundred percent. And, but he <laughs> wants to go in there and try it. Right. I mean, that's pretty clear. Just kind of weird. Like, I know that he's a baby face with the Bucks, but yet Don Callis is on commentary healing no. it up. It's a weird combo, right? No, you, if much like in WWE, if you are aligned with Paul Heyman, you are a heel. If you are aligned with Don Callis, you have to be a heel. Those are the rules. I don't make them, I just enforce them. But he came no, out of the baby did. face locker room, though. So they he need did. to figure he that did. part out. He did. That's that is true. Um, so what I want to see from him, I, you know, I can tell that he's slowly making his way back. I like the storyline. This is what it is, guys. The storyline of him being rusty. How often do you get the rusty storyline of, yeah, I know I usually do this move, but yeah, my leg is just not 100%. I would usually do this move over the top rope. Yeah, I just can't do it because he's doing the rusty storyline. And yes, he's got, he's all, all bandaged up and he looks a little different, but I like him giving a slow build to the character to kind of reintroduce Kenny Omega. Like I'm back, but I'm not hundred percent. It's going to make people love him even more. So at some point when he is healthy enough, he'll be the title pitcher again. I look forward to that. But for now, I think being the trios champion, which I think they're going to be the odds on favorites to win. I think for him to be one of two uh, with uh, being a six man tag team match and with being the champion, I think that gives him a little ease on his body for a while. Yeah, because I don't think he goes in the world title picture for a little bit, but like he also can't be a great wrestler that has great matches with young guys because I think that's sort of the Brian Danielson role right now. But I guess, you know, you still have the Adam Cole stuff out there, and ultimately we get that six man whenever he's healthy versus, you know, him and Red Dragon. So you have that going, but I am curious to see how they use him without him being in the title picture because that's basically where he's been the entire time he's been in this company. Well, ultimately, they've got to be building towards whenever. Red Dragon gets healthy, whatever Adam Cole gets healthy, and whatever they're going to call themselves, the undisputed yeah. elites in, in AEW. Like, that's 
that's what they're building towards, right? Those three versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I mean, that's yep. that's ultimately what's going to be paid off. Maybe it ends up being at Revolution in November. Uh, who knows? That that, But that's my guess is if they do indeed win those trios titles, the payoff for Kenny Omega comes back, coming back is ultimately we see Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, face-to-face, trios titles on the line at a pay-per-view. I'm just happy. It was good to see him back. I'm glad that Jim Ross – knew that it was him coming out and not like, you know, like one of the gun, right? Like Colton Gunn. Here he is, Colton Gunn. No, it's it's actually Kenny Omega. Yeah, uh, I'm glad he true. recognized. Yeah, because with that show, it's 50-50 if he knows he's going to come from the tunnel. Let's be honest. Uh, I watched the show yesterday. Pretty rough. Um, but uh, I, I was just happy to see him. And the fans were happy. He had such an ovation, man. He got the crowd... And Charleston was roaring for him because people really respect what he's done. Think about it. He's put his body through the, the motions, man, through the rigors of being in New Japan, being that style. Comes to AEW, has some rough matches. He only knows one speed, right? Oh, and yeah. then and it's like he only knows one way to do it, and that is rough and physical and fast. And so just to see him out there, I, I enjoyed it. I, but you don't have to rush him back. I don't need him to be at the top of the card. And I can see in 2023 him being healthy enough to compete again for the championship. Yeah, I mean, the thing is now, knock on wood, like your pantry is full again. You've got everyone back. Everyone's healthy. So like now all this stuff that I feel like was sort of put on hold for the last couple of months. Now you got to move forward. Now you got to get through that stuff. You know, we talked about all out, get through it, build it up. And let's really see how they run with it with this top level talent. Just a question that just kind of popped in my head off this because you mentioned Brian Danielson and the role that he plays and having these great matches with young talent and did it again last night. Really good two out of three falls match uh, with Daniel Garcia. How much is Brian Danielson actually associated with Blackpool Combat Club? Because he was not wearing any BCC garb. Everybody else comes out with William Regal. He came out by himself yesterday. Like just... And, and maybe these are just little details that, that I am noticing and, and it really ultimately doesn't matter, but it, it just, something just seems off with that to me. If everybody else is doing these things and everybody else, you know, wearing like a Blackpool Combat Club hoodie or some sort of BCC logo on a t-shirt, I know he didn't come out with anything last night, just came out in the trunks ready to go right away, but he didn't come out with William Regal. I, I expected Regal to be sitting with Jericho at the announcer right. table because that's what he does for every BCC match, and that was that would that, that just seemed off to me last night on Dynamite. That's a continuity problem in AEW, and that is a problem unless they're trying to tell us that this is just the rogue member of BCC where Danielson does his own thing. No, you're right about that. That's a very good point, Gabe, because I think it's not just last night. It just usually. Danielson's kind of doing his own thing. And it's kind of like, I don't know if I've ever seen him in, in Blackpool gear. Have you have you seen him in a t-shirt or a hoodie? And he always I'm, wears his white t-shirt and that's it. But I mean, as we're talking about it, assuming he is part of it, Brian, Claudio, and Yuta versus Kenny and the Bucks, like, I'd sign up for that. Yeah, Claudio, oh, absolutely. By the, Claudio, by the way, was the MVP of that pull-apart between Moxley and Punk. 
See how he just picked up Moxley like a baby? <laughs> that's, that's how strong Claudio is. He's, he's so strong. It's just <laughs> yeah. unbelievable how strong yeah. that dude is. But it was, that, that was just a random thought that popped in my head when it came to uh, to, to Dynamite last night, where, where that was just kind of weird and something that stuck out to me. You know, it, because there were a lot of really good things, I think, that happened with Dynamite, with Kenny Omega coming back. I liked the pull-apart brawls. Uh, I thought Tony Storm had a really good match. Um, you know, kind of leading into the main events, there were some weird things, you know, again, with the, the, the main thing for me of sticking out is that Danielson is just kind of maybe doing his own thing again, because like it didn't even say representing the Blackpool Combat Club, like as part of the introduction that Justin Roberts gave him to the ring. Well, intern Austin points out he was recruiting Garcia for something after the match, like they're building towards that. So I well, think he's recruiting for the BCC. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, so Daniel Garcia was one of those initial names. Wheeler, Yuta, right. Daniel Garcia were like the first two names that Brian Danielson pitched to John Moxley when that whole storyline began. Like, hey, we can get together, we can mentor these younger, uh, these younger talents, and Daniel Garcia was certainly one of those names. Do so you think that? Dan- well, what I was like, is this like, is this um, Kurt Hennig, Arn Anderson, where Arn is too hurt to be in the Horseman? Oh, I got a four horseman shirt on. Uh, and, and be part of the horseman. And he says, Kurt, you're gonna take my spot. Take my spot. Is that is that my spot? Is Danielson leaving and not when he, and saying, Daniel Garcia, you know what? I don't have many matches left in me. Take my spot. Is he is he gonna give him his spot, Daniel Garcia? That could be something. I mean, there's at least a storyline there because yeah, we never know how much longer we have O'Brien in the ring. I don't think he knows. I mean, but he said, right. you know, he, in, in some of these promos that he's cut, you know, he's going to have to be dragged out of the ring. So we'll have to wait and see, I guess, more with uh, with Brian Danielson. What do we have at number two on the three count, Brian? Guys, NXT 2.0 presented a heat wave on Tuesday night and did an impressive 723,000 in the ratings. So which one is more likely in the ratings world? NXT 2.0 catches Dynamite or Dynamite catches Raw? I mean, this is a pretty easy answer for me. Like, just based on, let, let's just take a look at the numbers. The raw numbers from the shows that have happened this week. Uh, so, raw was pretty flat week over week. Um, 1.98 million watched. Uh, they had a 0.53 rating in the demo. God which, damn it. What are you doing, Trips? <laughs> what are you doing? I had um, it steady. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, So NXT had their best show in two months with 723,000, as you mentioned, 0.17 in the demo. AEW had their worst show last night in terms of ratings in two months, 957,000, 0.30 in the demo. Like, AEW needs to grow by over a million to catch Raw. Like, NXT, they still have a lot of work to do in order to catch AEW, but the, the gap isn't as big. And given that Triple H is now in charge of creative, and maybe they're going to change some of the things they do in terms of recruiting talent, getting some, you know, more independent wrestlers back in NXT back when it was the black and gold brand. I think that I, I don't, I still don't think it's likely, but I think the most likely thing is that NXT ends up catching AEW, especially if AEW just can't clean up some of the little things that we continuously talk about week over week. Hmm. So I know that you're going to laugh, Gabe, but it's true. Wrestling fans are connected to names of shows, even if they're not pay-per-views. NXT show was called Heat Wave. And I think that people got to it because the promos on Raw and SmackDown the Friday before, it's going to be NXT 2.0 Heat Wave. Heat Wave? That sounds special. Well, I'm going to have to tune in to that and see Carmelo Hayes. Now, seriously, like they looked at that and they said, 
It's heat wave. Now, now the three of us are smart enough to know that even if you put a name on NXT 2.0, it's still NXT 2.0, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you can put any name. You can call it WrestleMania. It's still NXT 2.0, right? So I think that wrestling fans kind of tuned in. It's like, I usually don't watch on Tuesday nights, but what I got, regional baseball? <laughs> uh, let me see what this is all about. And you get Tyler Bate from NXT UK coming over to confront Braun Breaker. And it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that I didn't watch it, obviously, because NXT 2.0. But apparently, from what I read, it was pretty good. I think the numbers went up only because of the name Heat Wave, because they didn't know what that was. Did that mean WWE talent was coming in? Um, and, may, and maybe that's what it was, bro. It's, but um, I tell you one thing. It's a, it is a good question, though, because anytime that – AEW, even though they might be number one in that night, I know they beat the second hour of Hannity. I know that they have been able to hover around anywhere between 750 and 950. That's not bad. That's right. not bad. But what if NXT is able to bring in some more WWE superstars and didn't get to a million? What does AEW do then? Yeah, that's the thing that would be a concern because, yeah, they bring in indie wrestlers. All of a sudden they have some names like – I had it on in the office on Tuesday. I couldn't tell you anything that happened in it. So, like, it was just sort of there. It still is 2.0. And even that, like, you talk about continuity issues. I didn't realize it till after that I watch it. But the Tyler Bates comes to the NXT UK champion. That hasn't happened on NXT UK TV yet. They're holding a tournament. It's already taped. But they haven't actually shown him winning the title. And he came out with the title on Tuesday night. So, maybe a little bit of continuity issue there. But... Stay tuned to NXT UK to see who wins their world title tournament. Uh, it's a mystery. Who could say yeah. who wins at this point? Who knows? I, 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 for one, cannot say. I also will not be watching. But, right. you know, feel free to watch at your own discretion. But here's the bet, though. Here's the bet. Here's what we're going to do to Broitz, though, Gabe. If, if NXT catches AEW, you've got to watch NXT 2.0 every week. Yeah, I mean, and we re- talked. And, I think re- it's and, off and there. report on it. And report that, on it. <laughs> I'm still on that blind belief that Hunter's going to turn it back into black and gold, and all of a sudden it's going to be something we want to watch. I just don't know when to start because there's so many guys and girls you're watching. Like, I don't know who these people are. Like, I'm not into it at all. Like, there's nothing to draw me in just yet. But with Dynamite, like, it feels like they've sort of hit their ceiling. Whereas these other brands, there's chance to grow right now. We saw that even with a catchy name that really has no connection to, you know, even old WCW days, there was growth there. It doesn't seem like we see that growth with Dynamite anymore. No, but I mean, again, like, I, I have a hard time seeing NXT consistently hitting a million, which is what AEW is trying to do. Right. Um, you know, just trying to get to that million mark. And to me, fixing AEW has to be so far down the list of things that Hunter is trying to accomplish right now. Right. Like, I, I don't, I just don't see this happening anytime soon. Like, he's, he's trying to kind of clean up messes and trying to, you know, make Raw a tighter show and, and make SmackDown a little bit better, get some of the guys that and, and gals that he wanted on the main roster, get them back, get them a little bit more featured, try to tell some more of those lengthy stories and, and continue to let HBK handle things down at NXT and eventually get back to infusing it with more talent from the indies to try to get those people up to the main roster. And and look, I mean, Raw and SmackDown have been pretty good. Like having an impromptu Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens match. Hell yeah, man. Like sign me up for that. That was fantastic in the middle of Raw this past week. But yeah, I, I think that NXT is probably so far down the list right now of, of what he he's focused on because I think he knows that, hey, we've there, there are some things that need to be fixed on Raw and SmackDown. 
But I think there's also little things like we talk about the indie wrestlers, like maybe a name or two that all of a sudden you recognize. You're like, oh, you know what? This could be like an Adam Cole. This could be like a Gargano. And all of a sudden that gets some of those fans back to Tuesday nights. Yeah, I mean, look, they're in it to win. And I know that Triple H, when I even talked to him, I know he's bitter at AEW. Remember, it was AEW that beat down NXT. When NXT went to uh, the USA Network, they got beat down every single week. Every week. It's very rarely, if at all, that AEW lost to NXT. And so I think that there's a feeling of, okay, indie talent, young talent, let's just keep this thing going. If we draw a number, it's great. But as you well know, guys, from um, from NBC Universal, all this is content. It's like, why is AEW on Friday nights? It's content. You know, the, the big number, it's about Raw and SmackDown. It's about Dynamite. Those are the three shows that really matter the most. The rest of it is just gravy. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Brian, what do we have at number three on the three count? We will talk about Drew McIntyre had that match with Owens on Monday, setting up for Clash of the Castle, where he will take on Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE title. Guys, is Drew McIntyre the right guy to take the belts off of Roman? <sighs> I, well, it, it's it's just I want I as much as I want to see Drew get a run with one of these championships in in an arena full of fans. Like I just want him to have that moment because he did such a tremendous job of carrying them in the Thunderdome era, you know, where he had to go out there and wrestle in front of no one. He had to go out there and wrestle in front of screens. He had to go out there and wrestle in front of 16 NXT talents that cleared COVID protocols and they were able to put up against the guardrails. Like, and and he did a good job. Like he, he kept it entertaining and WWE was one of those things that found a way to keep going during the pandemic and entertain us. But, like, the more that Drew comes out, like, Kevin Owens comes out and is like, hey, don't forget I'm here. I'm like, oh, yeah, Kevin Owens. Yeah, I, I could be interested in that. Yeah, right. you know, Kevin Owens. <laughs> Karrion Cross comes out and like, ooh, that's different. That's new. I could. Mm-hmm. So, like, every person that comes out and Drew McIntyre ends up interacting with during this build to Clash at the Castle, I seem to talk myself into those people more being the guy or the next challenger for Roman Reigns to take at least one of the championship belts off of it. This whole thing, Triple H has got to be frustrated because if there should be two separate championships. I think we all know that. But Vince has booked himself into a corner where it's like, okay, so Drew McIntyre would be great to be one of the champions, but be, if not both. I think that Drew McIntyre should be at least one of the champions. SmackDown, Raw, whatever. I think he should be one of the champions. I kind of think that it's the time for Drew McIntyre, for him to be a champion in front of fans. <laughs> not, not in front of an LED, a bunch of LED screens, but actually be the champion because he's earned it, man. Like, like, so the story coming in this to this week was he wasn't supposed to be on Raw because he's had a lot of back issues. He was taken off the road. He wasn't doing any house shows because his back was bad. And so... He got into the, he got into this fight with Kevin Owens, even though his back was bad. He did it just to test it. That guy has done everything for the WWE as of late, right? All all the interviews he's done. He's he's been the face of the company as far as interviews and and uh, for the WrestleMania thing in Los Angeles, he was there. So he's been a good soldier for this company. I think it's time for him to be rewarded. But then, what happens with Roman if he if if McIntyre wins both championships? I mean, Roman's been such a great champion. I just think that Drew's deserving of one, maybe not both. 
Maybe that sounds unfair, but that's how I look at it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like Monday night, like the the match was great, but that promo was some of the best stuff Drew's done in the WWE States. Like he's always been just, you know, big muscular guy, like the cheesiness of the sword and the counting, but like that was a damn good promo right. on Monday. The cheesiness of the sword. He almost killed a man. He, he was swinging that <laughs> thing true. around. He cut a cut a ring rope with it. He almost That's killed a man. <laughs> but like, I agree with you, Jason. We're like, he deserves a world title, but he doesn't deserve to beat Roman. Like, I think those are two wow. separate things. Where like, beating Roman needs to be a massive moment and a deserved opportunity at this point, which. Drew doing it, I don't think really gets that reaction. He's going to get that reaction regardless winning over in Europe. But, like, I don't know if it's worth him beating Roman. Okay, then who? You're waiting till Cody. Like, wait till Mania. Like, it's going to be Cody. <laughs> Hold on a second. So, well, so, Brock can't beat Roman. Brock can't uh -huh. beat him, but Cody can? Wait, yeah. Wait, 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 really? You really? It's pro wrestling. Come on, let's figure it out. Cody? I mean, that. I mean, after everything that Brock did, Brock was an attractor, damn it, and still could and still couldn't beat Roman, right? And so, but you got to wait until January, or because that's not WrestleMania, is it? We're, we I are. We're going, we're going to get Rock Roman, aren't we, in Los Angeles? Are we? I mean, yeah. I mean, Rock Roman. So the beauty of Rock Roman is that you don't need the belts, so you could right. take the belts off Roman before that. Um, Man, how do we end up in – how does WWE end up constantly for the last decade with a part-time bleeping champion? Like, how does, yeah. this, how does this always happen? It started with The Rock. Like, the baby faces have been coming out and cutting the same promo for 10 years. Yes. We deserve better. The WWE universe deserves better. What does WWE keep doing? They keep putting the damn belt on a part-time champ. How do we do this, man? I don't understand. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, that's oh. well, that's all Vince McMahon booking, right? Oh man, that's all but, Vince McMahon booking. All, so I like your point, though. Los Angeles, Rock Roman could still be at the top day two mm -hmm. of Los Angeles, and no championship. It's just two cousins or two two guys <laughs> fighting each other, right? At the, to top. the I okay. mean, much same thing. Yeah. Same thing as as Rock and Cena. Like it's the two yeah. best. You know, the two best of a generation or the two best of their eras, whatever you want to call it. Like, you can still book it the same way you booked Rock Roman, or excuse me, Rock Cena the first time when it wasn't for the WWE Championship. Um, so I think that's something you certainly can do. And I do, like, I think that the promo that Drew McIntyre cut, I think Kevin Owens getting the handcuffs taken off of him helped bring that out of Drew McIntyre. Like, I, ever since Triple H took over, it's been a very nice reminder of just how damn good Kevin Owens is at this whole pro wrestling thing. Yes. I love Broitz, boy. His little, his little dream is to have Cody Rhodes at the top of the card at WrestleMania. Let's did go. You not, did you not see Cody Rhodes smash the throne in AEW to take yeah. a shot at Triple H? Oh, you think that's water in the bridge, huh? Best for oh, business. Cody's best oh. for business. That's what matters. Oh, oh, oh. oh the authority oh. is coming yeah. back. The authority <laughs> And okay. they got to do what's best for business, and apparently uh -huh. Cody's best for business. Say, uh, Cody, uh, remember the whole smashing thing of the throne? Uh, how about you chase around for the 24-7 championship? Uh, what's, no, yeah, what's more likely at WrestleMania? Cody Rhodes goes over Roman, or Ezekiel's dad goes over Cody? <laughs> Ezekiel's dad goes over Cody, that's for sure. Are you telling me I'm not getting Cody, KO, and Sammy in the main event of Mania? Should I cancel my LA plans now? 
Either way, we'll be there. Okay. <laughs> either way, either way we'll be fun. there to see it. Whatever it is, it's going to be great. I, I But I, I like the, the speculation. But see, this is why Triple H's mind is, is pretty sharp for this. Well, look at the names we already mentioned. Like weeks ago, we weren't talking about KO being in the title picture or Drew McIntyre or what that could be or Cody Rhodes. This is setting up nicely because not only the guys we mentioned, but also the singles champions of Lashley and Guther being pushed in main event spots on Raw and SmackDown. Tremendous because, I don't know, that's pro wrestling to build a roster of guys you can believe that could actually be champion one day. I mean, even the guys losing championship matches, like with AJ and Nakamura, like those guys being built up the last few weeks. Yeah, because they put on banger of matches, and even though they lost, they're still, oh, yeah, these guys are still there. They're up there. I mean, AJ Styles was, you know, again, he was AJ Styles. He was fantastic in that match. But why was that not the main event of Raw? They've kind of done that with the U.S. Championship, where they've kind of put it at the end of the second hour. Is is that just kind of Triple H going, all right, we really care about these first two hours. I understand Raw's really long. Let's not ask people to stick around for that third hour. And Because theory versus Dolph Ziggler is a really strange main event for your flagship television show. Especially when Theory gets his first win on TV since uh, the Money in the Bank, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. since Money in the Bank. Mm -hmm. He's lost them all. And and so I thought that that was strange booking because if I'm in D.C., I'm like, oh, Theory won. Uh, All right, hon, let's get to the car. I mean, (laughs) because you want Raw to be on a high, right? You want to be like, man, that was unbelievable. That match could have happened in the first hour for me. Oh, yeah, because the, the best match on Raw was, well, the, the, both either Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre was fantastic. They, they had the schmoz finish at the end. But that U.S. title match was, again, it was AJ Styles and, you know, Bobby Lashley. It was going to be a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to watch, and, and it was executed perfectly, and it was executed beautifully. I don't know why you wouldn't put a match that good at the end to kind of send everybody home happy and on that high. I mean, the numbers showed it. Like, the third hour was the lowest rated of the hours this week. And, like, maybe it is that where it's like, you know what, if you want to watch, great, but, like, we're not going to put all our eggs in that basket. Yeah, I just – you're not against anything on Monday night. You want to put your best foot forward, though. The main event should be the main event. And I know that Dolph Ziggler was put in place uh, against against Theory because Theory needs to beat somebody. He, I mean, it, it's been a while. He need to, and he beat somebody in Dolph Ziggler. Hopefully, this doesn't kill Ziggler off because he's still a very good worker. Um, but there's a little bit of a shoot there of Theory going after, um, going after him and saying that, "Hey, you've been a failure in your career," which is kind of a shoot in some ways. I thought it was pretty good, uh, but yeah. the match. Uh, make sure it's clear: the match wasn't bad. No, we're just saying that fine. the match, the the placement of the match on the card was odd for the main event. Yes, a hundred percent. Because yeah, because Austin Theory, as as he continues to grow, he's good in the ring. And Dolph, I mean, Dolph Ziggler, like, is is one of my favorite workers. The way he sells for guys and is willing to put guys over, and the way he's done that over the last five years, and he's kind of been that guy because he's a former world champ, and he can be like, oh, I have these credentials. So if you go over Dolph, you know, things are good, and then. It was weird when they put him down in NXT and he was NXT champ. Like that was it within the last year, right? Like I yeah. didn't. That wasn't just like a fever dream that he beat Braun Breaker at NXT 2.0, right? And Dolph Ziggler was your NXT champ. I, I didn't. I didn't make that up, right? That that's Brian. You can confirm that, right? Confirm. Well, I mean, we talked about the, the issue of the double champion of Roman having both belts. Like 
if there were another belt, I feel like Dolph would be in the mix for it right now. But like he's not oh, going to be chasing Roman. But if there was another champion, then all of a sudden he'd be in the mix for that. Well, Dolph didn't get his rematch against Braun Breaker. Get back down there. Oh, okay. Get your rematch. Get your NXT title back. <laughs> get your you get your match back. Am I? Am I the only one rooting for the big gold belt to come back? Because they've done these huge flowery pieces for the U.S. title. Huge flowery piece for the Intercontinental title. So if ultimately, if they can't figure out a way to get at least one of these belts off of Roman, do they just kind of merge those into one universal heavyweight championship and bring the big gold belt back as the other championship for Raw? You can, but it's going to cost you $100,000 to get off out of Ric Flair's house. That's where it is right now. <laughs> it's not a WWE. It's Ric Flair. It's Conrad Thompson's belt. It's not It's not. That's not the WWE's belt. You could do that. You could just say, here is now finally the one championship up for grabs, whoever the match, whoever is going to be in there for that match. You could do that. Sure. But is he allowed to acknowledge another company? Like, I feel like if they're going to one, you're going to the Eagle in that situation. Like, you can't acknowledge another company as being the belt, can you? The way, uh, what, wait, that was a storyline for Ric Flair coming into the WWE. I was saying, <laughs> the, like real, needed... the real world champion. Don't you recall this? 92 or, ni- or 93 or whatever it was. Yeah, you can do that. I, but I like that you are. You, uh, here's one thing I don't know about uh, you two. Are you belt marks? Do you have a favorite belt? No. I mean, I yeah. I like the way that the, the white intercontinental, like it just looks clean. The white intercontinental strap, like it looks clean. I'm not. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a belt mark, but I mean the big gold belt is 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 pretty. Looks good. Some people. Yeah, I think are, I just like it, old ones. Like I feel like I just have an affinity for that. Just like growing up watching the older belts, where now they all sort of look the same. Yeah, you know, um, I, it's funny that the reason why I asked that question is because you mentioned the Wing Eagle. People really love that championship. Really, people believe that that's like the real WWE Championship belt, the Winged Eagle. Yeah, I mean, it's the one you grow up with. It's the one you grow up watching. So, like, I feel you have that connection. I'm sure there are people that think that about the spinner title. Like, I just feel like it's what you're growing up with. Spinner title? (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Anything else for... Anything else from Raw that you like? Like I, I watch Raw. I watch SmackDown because Triple H won't let me leave my home. Uh-huh. So, uh, so we have to watch all of this. Anything else that stood out? It's funny. Um, you mentioned Gabe talking about Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens pretty much saying, "You know what? I haven't been in a while. The Prize Fighter." And I'm like, and I popped. I'm like, yeah, yeah. None more of this Ezekiel nonsense. I we called it on this show. I said. When he powerbombed Ezekiel against the apron, enough of this nonsense. Moving on. And so for him to go up against Drew McIntyre, that was I thought was very underrated. I mean, they just said, let's just get in here and wrestle. And they had a they both had great uh great promo against one another, and I thought it was great. I didn't like And the they finish, were called but... wrestlers. Yes. Like... Yes, which is a big thing. Yeah, <laughs> said the word. Said the yeah. word wrestling. Wrestlers. In a wrestling ring, like wow. a lot of lot of words were thrown around there by Drew McIntyre. I, this is my favorite version of Kevin Owens, and I think KO can fill a number of different roles. Like him against Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was perfect in that role, right? He he was the perfect foil, and you could have Stone Cold go over him, and it wasn't. And yeah, he can do the Ezekiel stuff, but he is at his best when he is that prize fighter, when he is that that just badass that comes out, wants to wrestle. 
is going to tell the truth. Maybe he's a heel. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just somebody that's coming out there and telling harsh truths and you don't want to hear it. But I, this is the version of Kevin Owens that I enjoy. It's the version of Kevin Owens I thought was for a second, potentially going to go over Roman very early in Roman's reign when then he got, you know, handcuffed in, you know, it, it was in a false count anywhere match or whatever, and, or whatever that was. I can't, but, yeah. but it was, it was a great, it was a great trio. It was a great series of matches that those guys had. That's the Kevin Owens that can really help raw continue to climb and give them legitimate options as a champion. Yeah. I also like um, the, a couple of things that we're seeing that's new about triple H is that he's brought back the squash match He's reinventing Veer Mahan. Those things, those matches don't bother me because right. you're trying to build up someone, right? Veer Mahan was about to be a joke. He was about to be a joke under Vince. You start to see it, right? He's flirting yep. with like one of the announcers or something like it was something weird. And so he, he's in his squash match. I'm like, okay, good. Make him a monster again. And, you know, try to reinvent him. And then on top of that, seeing Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali, you know they weren't going to beat Chomp and the Miz, but just to get him on TV, you know they're going to give you a good match. And I like the, the new Miz. You know, Ciampa, it's amazing. Ciampa is with the Miz, and now the Miz is appealing to me. How about that? <laughs> I mean, it, it's like the, the, the Miz is kind of like player coach. It, it, it's kind of – it's weird, but it's funny. Like, Miz isn't talking about his tiny balls. It's Ciampa going, doing a serious promo, and Miz is just like, yeah, yep, I'm with this guy. And it's kind of, it gives Miz a little edge that I've not seen probably ever in his career, quite frankly. And I think it goes both ways because you're giving Champa that sort of personality that we don't typically see, where he's usually the edge guy. Like, it is weird how well that dynamic works. Like, even like the card thing and the necklace, like it really works. Oh, it absolutely does. And like that, you want to talk about being a joke? Like, Champa was on the verge of being one of those jokes. Like, you saw it coming under Vince, and yep. the second Triple H takes over, like, oh. This guy's a badass and he can wrestle in the ring and he can back it all up and he can look really good and he can look really menacing. It's, it's, it's amazing. And it, it's still raw. It's still three hours. So it can wear on you if you're watching it live um, because again, it's three hours long, but it's amazing how much more watchable it is now. Oh yeah. yeah. DVR is your friend. Yeah. DVR exactly is your friend. Right. But you, you gotta but do if it, you, man. If you DVR it, like, I find myself not skipping as many things. As yes. Me. Yeah. Like, a few months ago, I could watch Raw in 10 minutes on DVR. I'm like, oh, I don't need to see that. Like, oh, I've seen this match the last seven weeks. Now, like, you're like, oh, no, I'd actually want to see this match. Like, oh, let me stop and see, you know, Dakota Kai and things like that. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it actually takes time to watch those shows now. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, that's the way it should be. It, yeah. That's the way it should be. You, you should be. And it's a wrestling show on. If you're going to dedicate time, you should watch it because there's little things in this in this era of WWE, in which it's like, what's going on in the back there? Why is there a smoking car? What's going right. What's going yeah. on? And then like, like, why is that guy trying to go over the railing? What's What's <laughs> that all about? Who's that guy? Right? It's 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 just like the little intricacies that Triple H, the details that we have not seen, the excitement, the edginess of like, what's happening here? Now, what's that all about? Like, we haven't seen that in Raw in a long time. Usually, it's color by the numbers. It's like. Here's the the 25 minute promo to start off raw. Here comes a match that you don't want to see. Here comes something that's not funny. This is something that's entertaining. Here's a two minute match, three minute match, and now here's the main event. And by the time you just you're done, you don't want to see it anymore. Here it gives you a little intrigue where they say you can't tune out. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's 
it's those, those little details, by the way, that AEW is missing on from time to time. It's those little details. If Triple H was in charge of AEW, there were, I think you would have an answer for my question about Brian Danielson and the BCC. You know, those little details. And I think those little details matter to professional wrestling fans because we're told to pay attention to those little details a lot. We're told a lot, like, hey, these little details matter. Pay attention for long-term storytelling, which I think is an aspect that's back in, in WWE. It's an aspect that I think AEW wants to do. They want to have these long-term stories. They want to be able to do these long things, but it's those details. The devil's in the details because pro wrestling fans, man, we really care about those details. So I, I think it's something that AEW certainly needs to clean up, and certainly Triple H is doing a great job cleaning up so far on Raw and on SmackDown. What do we got this week in the news and notes section, Brian? Well, we'll stay with the WWE announced today. They will launch NXT Europe in 2023. NXT UK will go on hiatus for a few months. Worlds Collide featuring NXT and NXT UK will be held Sunday, September 4th at 4 o'clock. That's sort of the farewell. That also the same day as All Out. Ah, uh, trying to take a shot. Trying to take the steam out of AEW. There's Triple H being cutthroat. Okay, NXT UK is a, a show that I watch regularly when yeah. Triple H was in charge. I did because... Again, it was not like Raw or SmackDown. It was different. It was I saw their first one, and I was hooked. This is the first time that I saw Walter on a regular basis, now known as Gunther, a tremendous wrestler, uh, a, a, a big guy that moves like Andre the Giant back then. He slimmed down, obviously, and he's gotten a little bit more defined, but the guy was tremendous in NXT UK. Pete Dunne, who we know is now as Butch. Sadly, he is now Butch. I think yeah. he might be yeah. getting his name back, though. He might be getting Pete Dunne back. That's the hope. Um, a nice gimmick, though. I mean, funny gimmick, but Pete Dunne is a serious ass kicker. He's on my list. Um, the first time that I saw um, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate was at NXT UK as well. And the first time I saw Rhea Ripley was at NXT UK. I was like, who is this goth chick? Well, this is interesting. And, and you see that she's become a superstar. So NXT UK, similar to NXT when Triple H was running it, man, some really good wrestling, really no entertainment as far as the haha. It was just strictly in ring, the kind of um, British wrestling that people liked over there on a regular basis. So uh, this is going to be great. It's Europe now, so it's going to be even more talent. There was a lot of cuts today, too, of a lot of talent yeah. from NXT uh, UK, but Europe sounds bigger, and so uh, they're still looking for talent all over the globe. It's pretty cool. Yeah, th them expanding their their global footprint is that's only a good thing for WWE. It makes it easier for them to find that talent that now Triple H is looking for, you know. And I, I think he is he's he's going to have a broader definition of what a WWE superstar is versus what Vince's was. And this is only going to help him find that talent. And you just listed off those get those those men and women we've seen in WWE who have that worldwide you know aspect to them, and th they're not afraid to showcase those those uh, those folks on their television programs. Dave Meltzer reporting plans are in place for AEW wrestlers to be featured on Wrestle Kingdom 17, the first night scheduled for Wednesday, January 4th. No word yet on how many of those wrestlers. I guess I'm just expecting here the guys that we've seen over there before. Jericho, Moxley, probably Brian Danielson, who has made yes. it very clear. You know, he, he had to miss... Um, you know, the, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, and he has openly spoken about how much he wants to wrestle some of the guys over in New Japan. So uh, my guess is you, it's going to be some of those big names. I think those are the three to keep an eye out mostly for uh, making an appearance there because two of them have made appearances and one really wants to make an appearance. 
when I first saw that, my thought was, you have a big enough roster where if those guys are going to wrestle in Japan, you have a big enough roster to put others over, right? You don't have to do any fancy tapings. You don't have to do that. Just try to give some of your other underneath talent an opportunity in some of those spots that would be on Dynamite and Rampage. So they don't take a half step just because some of those roster guys are going to Japan. Give others an opportunity. Obviously, FTR probably being featured over there as well as, uh, you know, the tag champs of that. Mm -hmm. Plenty of guys there. Uh, Also, Ric Flair said on his podcast, quote, I wish I hadn't said it was my last match. This coming after his July 31st, Ric Flair's last match. That's sad. Uh-huh. That's sad. That's sad. Um, I, I We won't do it here, but I have a story about that next week on Good Karma Wrestling. I'm going to give you a seven-day tease Ooh. on that. Well, I have some this information one? for you. Gabe might be able to talk Flair into it. He might be able to get in his ear and say, you know what, Nate? Maybe not a good idea to go back in the ring. Uh, I'm going to be hanging out with the nature boy. <laughs> Rick Flair at the Lake Country Dock Hounds baseball game in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, uh, coming up on Saturday. Going to be throwing out a, a first pitch with the nature boy, Rick Flair. Woo! Now, the question is, who gets paid more for that appearance, you or Flair? Well, I'm not getting paid, so it's definitely you're not. You're, you're not getting paid for the appearance with Rick Flair? No, definitely not. He's going to get some shady $1,000 envelope and you get nothing? <laughs> You get bupkis? Wow. I mean, what? Maybe I can. Hey, Rick, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll throw a terrible pitch. Just, you know, throw me a couple bucks. Maybe I'll have to <laughs> earn my money that way. My God, man. You don't get paid to be. Well, at least you're going to be hanging with Ric Flair. Yeah. Just tell uh, my advice to you. Just tell the wife, uh, don't wait up. <laughs> it's going to be a long night with the nature boy. I am sad to hear that story, though. I didn't like to hear yeah. that he wishes he didn't say it was his. Like, do you, you think I want to see that again? You think I want to see is, him wrestle again? No, is, I don't. Does he want his life to play out like real life wrestler, the movie? Like, is that is that what he wants? You know, he, he's got to like. get. Oh, man. I understand wanting to be involved in wrestling, but come on, man. Like, you got to, like, you passed out twice. You right. passed out twice. You in don't this last remember match. parts of that match. Like, <laughs> how is that not enough of a wake up call? I mean, you sold out that Nashville, you know, the, the auditorium. So can you sell out again? For the, you say it was, it was Ric Flair's last match, all the merch, everything else. And now you're regretting that. You're 73. What else do you want to do? You're selling woo wings. Woo wings. Woo, woo wings. I mean, you're selling wings. I don't want to see him do anything else around wrestling in the ring. Why would I want to see that again? Completely agree. No. I mean, I was uncomfortable – when Batista dragged him a couple of years ago, like, be careful, be careful with Rick. And now he wants to get back into the ring again. Like it's, it's not a good situation. What is the match of the week, gentlemen? Oh, there's so many shows to choose from. Like, it's so weird. Like you talk about being, having all this wrestling to watch. I think I'm going to go Garcia and Brian though. The two out of three falls last night. Yeah, that's that's near the top of the list. I enjoyed the trios match just because, again, it's the little details that Kenny Omega pays attention to that you pointed out earlier, uh, Jay Hood, of, you know, oh, this is the story he's telling. The knee isn't 100%. He can't do the suicide dive that he wants to do. Might not be able to do the one-winged angel, which he eventually was able to do uh, to close out that match. It's, and it's that Kenny and Dragon Lee spot, like that alone deserves some praise. Yes. Like that spot into the crowd. 
Oh my goodness, that was. Yeah. I'm surprised so nobody got hurt in the crowd. Right. Like it was. It was. It sucked because AEW's timing of the show required them to do two picture in pictures within three minutes of each other during that match, which wasn't yeah. great. But the finish of the match almost made up for it. You kind of forgot about that stuff at the beginning. And I go back to, I probably wouldn't, I, I just want to shout it out. It's not my match of the week because it didn't have a finish. It ended up having the schmoz finish. But I did really enjoy Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens. Like It was a lot of fun to watch on Monday Night Raw. Uh, the third place is Gunther against Nakamura on SmackDown. I'm glad that was the main event. Uh, it was yeah. just hard hitting. It didn't have to be smooth. It's two big guys. It wasn't going to be smooth. But I like that Gunther went out, came out on top there. Danielson and Garcia is my second place, and first place for me is AJ and Ashley, uh, uh, Lashley rather. AJ and Lashley. I didn't. This is the most peril I've seen Bobby Lashley in in a long time, if ever. It, there were so many near falls. I actually thought AJ was going to go over. Seriously, that was a hell of a matchup, guys. I don't know about you. I it was one of the best matches I've seen Bobby Lashley have. Where I thought, well, maybe he might lose it here. But I, but just the pageantry of the U.S. title, the buildup for it, and then to see the matchup take place, I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, and again, WWE, despite releasing as many people as they have, and now Triple H trying to bring, they have a deep roster. They have really good wrestling wrestlers on this roster, so it's refreshing to see them use Nakamura, use AJ Styles, use these guys in the right situation. And shockingly, oh, the ratings—they're doing okay. Wow. Wrestling fans, I don't know if you guys are going to follow me. This is this is tough logic. Wrestling okay. fans enjoy wrestling matches. Hmm. Hmm. Odd. Yeah. Very strange. Wow. Very strange. What, what are you saying, intern Austin? What about daddy ass? What about that? You mean daddy ass with the uh, with the? Economy? He had a big swerve. It's scissoring. I don't know if I can do that. Should I be doing that? On YouTube? <laughs> uh, uh, um, I feel I feel dirty. Um, yeah, what about? I mean, yes. Yeah, so what do they claim? My question is, what does the Gun Club do now? You 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 can do that, but now what does that do for the Gun Club? It explains why they're not in the trios tournament. You know, if they were planning yeah. some sort of breakup with with you know, Billy and his kids, it explains why they decided not to do, put them in, although I suppose you probably could have put them in the trios tournament still instead of trust busters. But <laughs> Stokely will help with that. Friends. Like the more Stokely on TV, I'm good with. So we'll write you down intern Austin. His match of the week is Brian Pillman. Was this tag team partner? <laughs> Was that guy? Brian um, Pillman and who? Uh, Griff. Name? Griff. Yeah. And, and Griff. Griff, and Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison. Yeah. Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison. Uh, Against the Gun Club. We have you down, intern Austin. That's your vote. The 30-second match. Man, Brian Pillman's got to be like, what the hell did I get myself into? I'm a jobber. I'm Brian Pillman's kid. I can't get over. Everywhere else in the Indies, everywhere else he gets over, and it's great. He gets AEW and he gets squashed. It's amazing. Well, and it's, you know, it's also tough. uh, to listen to JR every time he sees the acclaimed, just start yelling, listen. Yes, please stop that, Jr. Please. It's tough. It's tough. That's 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 some sad commentary right there, guys. That's you know what that sounds like. Every time I hear him, it sounds like the end. Yeah. The end. It's it's like, it's bad. The commentary is bad. It's when, just bad. How can we go back to just bringing Jr. in for the second hour of of that? Yeah, I don't get why that stopped. I just I and you know I've known Jim for a long time. 
And so it just it pains me to tell you, just like that commentary, not adding anything. He asked, what was it Jigajitami? What's the what's the word? He asked someone to spell the one oh, yeah. move. You did that uh, yesterday too. Says spell it. I'm like, wait a minute, this is a great match with uh, that's Garcia happening with Danielson and Garcia. Yeah. And he's like, I'm like, why are you saying that? That's not entertaining. What it's, about the match? Well, it's know. it's it's really obvious after he signed that extension. It seems like he wants to get to 50 years in the wrestling business, and then I think he's going to walk away. But he wants to get to that magic 50 50 year number, and say, hey, this is something I dedicated this long to. And then I think he's going to be comfortable walking away. Hopefully. That's what it seems like, at least. Yeah, hopefully. So many things to pay attention to this week. Again, we're probably going to have a pretty good SmackDown, another good Raw. And I, I honestly cannot wait for John Moxley versus CM Punk. Not even, just not even, didn't even name the show. Just a regular old Dynamite <laughs> next Wednesday. But are they going to have a finish? Is it going to be a Schmaz finish? Are they going to have the match? Is it still going to be the main event of All Out? We're going to have a clearer picture when we reconvene right here next week on GKW.